watch live. I got it on YouTube. All right, we are up. You see us on YouTube. This is the first Pixel Fondue live roundtable broadcast, and uh, we're here with a number of contributors and co-founder Yazan Malkash. And uh, so first off, I think maybe before we get around and introduce everybody, let's talk a little bit about uh, what Pixel Fondue is. Um, Pixel Fondue got started a couple months ago. We've um, quickly gained a lot of subscribers on YouTube and on our page, our webpage. It was really started by Brad Peebler, who was, um, you know, you remember Brad, everybody who uses Moto knows Brad. Brad's a long time, uh, initially, Lux, well, way back in the days. He was at New Tech and uh, Lightwave and was a founder at Luxology. When they got acquired by the Foundry, he was, I believe, Yasin, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, the president of the Americas over there. Is that what? That is that is? correct. That right. was the official title at that time. So uh, as many of you are aware, Brad left recently. And before he left, he wanted to make sure that um, the community was in good hands, because he really spent a lot of time building that. And while there is a great community over at the Foundry, we also have started this thing over Pixel Fondue. So Brad had contacted Yasin, who also recently left the Foundry, uh, went back to his um, production studio 9B. Is that correct, Yasin? I'm just going to keep doing the, is that correct? Here we go. Thumbs up. I'm, I'm going to give and, you a thumbs uh, up or like pinky down. Pinky down. Pinky down. All right. So, you know, we put this together with no real long-term plan, but Brad recruited Adam and William, and and I contacted Ed and and Alex, and you know, I think Alex actually contacted me, and we got a number of other contributors like Richard Yacht and uh, Ellery and some other well-known people in the Moto community, and we started this thing, and it's, it's doing well. So we're trying this broadcast, and uh, we're going to talk about just some things today, like Adam's recent flurry of plugins and some of uh, William Vaughn's. Uh, who's been very active on Pixel Fondue, has really been um, putting out a tremendous amount of content for the community, talk about what he does and how he gets all that done. We'll have future broadcasts that talk about plugins like V-Ray or Octane or the current state of Moto, or we'll talk about other things like uh, uh, CAD rendering or maybe Adobe software or um, substance design or whatever you know is in uh, the sort of general milieu of what what we all do here. So I think we'll just uh, get started and I'll just, let's just go around and introduce ourselves and then we'll uh, jump in and talk about Adam's stuff. I'm Greg Lewenberger, um, Sabertooth Productions. I'm up here in Silicon Valley. Uh, do a lot of work uh, with the tech companies up here as well as the Monterey Bay Aquarium. And I've uh, been using Moto since, since I think the, probably the beta days of 101. Um, was a lightweight user prior to that. And, uh, and yeah, that's enough for me. So we jump over to Yazin. Yeah, I was a Malkosh. Um, I think, yeah, Moto since the beginning. I was Lightwave before. We use a bunch of stuff now. It's too many to list. Um, Chloe, Marvelous, ZBrush, RealFlow, Maxwell, Octane. Keep going. Keep, keep <laughs> I can keep, keep going. Out. This is After Effects, <laughs> Photoshop. Um, but you I used GIMP, GIMP one time. I used uh, Microsoft Word at least twice. Yeah, um, yes. I have that on my resume. I can definitely use the Office Suite pretty well. Um, fluent. Uh, no, but basically any any tool that gets the job done in a faster, efficient, more friendly, without less. Uh, you know, uh, I've already lost all this hair. I don't want to lose more of this hair. So anything <laughs> that'll keep my hair intact is the tool I will go to to get jobs done. So. So far, those are the tools that have been doing so, oh, and substance stuff as well. Yeah, Yasna has also uh, released a number of his own things to the community, like Slick and uh, the Material Pack way back when. Yep, um, Slick 2 was the last one. I'm contemplating a, a material library now. Just not sure if I'm going to be doing it, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Sounds good. Um, yeah, just uh, doing some uh, render visualization pipeline work and 
some actual production work for apparel, design products, and uh, biomedical visualization. That's it. All right, William Vaughn, Proton Vaughn. Are you still going by Proton, William, or just straight up William uh -huh. now? Yeah, just William. I, I, uh, I, I've spent years trying to drop the uh, the, the nickname because I used it for so many years, it's hard to shake. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, William. So um, so I, I work for New Balance, the, the shoe company. Uh, and I also do um, uh, character modeling uh, on the side for freelance. And um, and I also do one-on-one -on -one, uh, training. So that that pretty much keeps me busy besides, of course, all the uh, the Pixel Fondue uh, work. I, um, I've been using Moto since... I think uh, version four, but I'm not sure. And uh, and of course, was a, a long time Lightwave user before that. So clarify for me really quickly. My daughter just read the book Ready Player One, and I know you were a fan of the book, and you perhaps did some concept work for that lately. I know I just wanted to bring that up because I saw something on the forums I thought was really cool. Yeah, it was um, it was actually pretty exciting because I I love the book. I um uh, I've I've listened to the audio book I think three times now. Uh, it's kind of one of my go-tos when I'm running. But um, so they had a contest where you could design an avatar for the uh, for the movie, and uh, and I I think I I submitted five designs and they picked my first one. So it's supposed to appear somewhere. They're calling it background graffiti art. So I don't know what that means until uh, until I see the movie or I see it in a you know a teaser trailer or something. But uh, but I got the actual payment for the work. Uh, about a week and a half ago. So to me, that made it official. So you got paid. Kinda, All right. I got, I got paid. So that was kind of kind of cool. Nice. I like that. So if you don't know, Ready Player One is a science fiction book, but it it, it deals a lot with '80s pop culture, right, William? Yeah, it's a love song to the '80s. If you grew up in the '80s, it's it's a must-read book. It's just it's pretty amazing. So Ed looks a little young, but I think a lot of us grew up in the '80s here. So and my daughter, she's 12, but she's for whatever God knows why. Uh, is obsessed with the 80s and I think your favorite band is Journey. So. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, Ed Ferrari, why don't yeah. you uh, tell us about yourself? Okay, so I've been in Los Angeles for the past um, 10 years or so and um, I've been basically in the film, television, commercial industry as a uh, extra in stand-in. Um, that just means I'm in the background for movies. Uh, but uh, I, I've been with Moto since 601 um, I just kind of discovered it after, uh, basically through ZBrush. I was just trying to make my sculptures look, you know, nicer. And uh, Moto has a great renderer, so that's how I kind of discovered that. Um, and it's just been kind, kind of a hobby, um, but uh, you know, I'm loving it. I've learned, uh, learned a little bit of mesh fusion. That's basically what I've been focusing on with uh, Pixel Fondue. So, uh, yeah, when I first um, asked Ed to join Pixel Fondue, it's because I saw his vast amount of uh, Mesh Fusion tutorials. And I sort of recognized that uh, young, energetic, going to release a bunch of tutorials. And so I, I used to be that way a long time ago. Back in like, I think Moto <laughs> 201, I released a bunch of stuff, <laughs> like 30 videos in one day or something. I, All right, this guy's got the energy going to contact him, see what's going on. And then, you know, he sent me his bio. He's like, you know, Greg, I, I haven't, you know, I'm not ex as experienced as some of you guys have been doing this all your lives. And, um, but, you know, here's a, I've been in working in the production industry and I've actually been, you know, he mentioned that he's been an, an extra in some movies. He lives down there in Hollywood and mentioned he was an extra in Supergirl, which caught my, caught my ear, ear because my kids watch that show. So how, Ed, just real quickly, like, how do you become yeah, Greg, an extra? Your kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Supergirl's, yeah, kind of like Supergirl. Uh, I mean, uh, 
Go ahead. Out here, out here, it's super easy. I mean, there's the infamous central casting. Uh, when I first moved out here, I didn't know what to do, so I just joined central casting. And uh, basically, they send you out on all sorts of uh, all sorts of jobs. Uh, started just, off. You just join them, send a headshot, say I'm available for anything. Give me a call if you got something. <laughs> basically, they have <laughs> they have uh, their sizes and everything. They know what uh, you know. They take pictures of you and stuff. So uh, was, any any way I could become a stormtrooper through that? <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so. on, on Supergirl, I was just a, a DEO agent, um, just one of the people in the background as like a basically a SWAT a SWAT type of guy. Um, they have kind of like a, it's kind of like the government, like the fake government, uh, you know, outfit that they uh, that kind of tracks down Supergirl and stuff. It's, it's what, epi- what episode was it? So we can look for you on <laughs> the whole the whole first season before they moved up. Oh, to whole first season. season. Okay. Yeah, I was like a regular. <laughs> Yeah, regular. All right. I'm going to show my cat. I know that guy. I'm really impressed. All right. Uh, Alex. So Alex uh, actually contacted me um, and said, hey, I want to join Pixel Fondue. I like what you guys are doing. He's a little bit um, unique among at least the guys here on the on the broadcast because Alex is a nuke expert, correct, um, as well as a <laughs> yeah. moto user. And uh, he's also, it's, it's what, I don't know what time it is in Germany right now, but I know you're up since 4 a.m. because you have a new child in the home. So <laughs> we'll let uh, Alex see if he can tell us who you are, you know, give us a little info about yourself and we'll forgive the, uh, the glazed look on your face. <laughs> this is that bad. Um, well, uh, I've, I've started actually doing 3D with uh, Studio Max, uh, quickly switched over to Maya. Uh, I've been doing that for a while, looked at Modo, I think, when it came out and could make heads or tails of the interface back then. Um, quickly dropped it again, and uh, the, I think I got it at 501 for a project that quickly got scrapped, so I didn't actually use it back then. <laughs> uh, and I've been an active user since 801. And as you already said, I'm also doing, like, Compositing, Nuke, Fusion, all the node based. But Alex also does uh, automation stuff. He does a lot of uh, a lot of scripting and stuff to make his make his stuff quick and easy. Yeah, whenever something bugs me, I go into coding mode and well, why, doesn't this, why doesn't this work? <laughs> so we could expect some maybe some scripting tutorials from you, uh, Pixel Fondue, or maybe some Nuke introduction to Nuke tutorials. Yes, definitely. I'm I'm working on a bunch. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, Adam O'Hearn, sort of the energizer bunny of the 3D world, he's the most energetic guy. So listen, Adam's on the... Are we going to have new avatars based on what Greg's uh, descriptions are? I swear, like, so Adam's on the East Coast, and I'm on the West Coast. I noticed on our Slack channel, he's bouncing around. I, I stay up late. I like to work late at night, so it's probably 2, 3 in the morning out here in California. I noticed Adam's already up. In the, in the DC area, like coding away on his new plugins. So I don't know where you get the energy. You always sounds super energetic on all your videos. Um, we're going to stick on Adam a little bit because if you haven't noticed, he's released a ton of uh, very cool kits lately for Moto. And um, so Adam, I'm going to let you talk about yourself. Adam comes from the CAD world. Uh, you know, I didn't even know this, but I used to go to a, a, a site called Solid Smack a lot. And you know, I, I was first introduced to SolidWorks a number of years ago when the foundry, or actually it was Luxology at the time, was, was uh, they had licensed the Moto Renderer, and they brought me on to help create the bunch of materials and the initial interface and some of the um, features for PhotoView 360, which I, I'm not even sure is in SolidWorks anymore. Uh, but I used to go to SolidSmack just to kind of get a 
idea of what SolidWorks was, what the community was like. And, and just recently, I find out Adam, you were a co co-founder of that site. I co-own it. Yeah, I uh, Josh Mings was the original founder. I don't know, maybe eight or nine, eight years ago or something like that. I we joined forces. Uh, we we both we each respectively started our CAD sites about the same time. Um, I he had Solid Smack and I had CADJunkie.com. Um, and his was more of a news blog and mine was more of training and, and so we joined forces and became one company four or five years ago now. Um, and, uh, and so we've been building, we've, we've built both over the years. We focused a lot more on solid smack over the last few years, um, for various reasons, but, uh, but yeah, so, so we've been, uh, thick as thieves quite a while. It's, it's a, it's a great site. And so it's my favorite it, website and it's, it has nothing to do. I, it's not like, uh, <laughs> Well, he's a funny writer, Josh Wings. Like, I Josh thought he was, is hilarious. He's yeah, so he, funny. I yeah. mean, if you like, and you know, like he does a little bit of an art dump every week or, or whatever. It's just a, it's if you don't doesn't you don't have to be into cab. If you like technology and you, you like just sort of funny writing, solid smack, I totally head over there. It's great. Yeah, we try to be all of like what what we tell our writers is that solid smack is not about the A and it's not about the B. It's about the stuff in between A and B. So it's not about napkin sketches. There are way too many sites about that, and it's not about finished glossy product shots because that's there are way too many websites about that we're about the blood sweat and tears that gets you between those things and that that honestly is a minority of the content most of the content is just kind of more broadly looking at uh, at things that would interest someone who is into machining or 3d printing or CAD or rendering or any of those kinds of things just kind of stuff that's interesting to folks like that and so it's it's, it's a lot of fun it's a great site yeah, so so let's jump into some of the kits you, re you released, and everybody, all, everybody else here, just jump into the question if you want to. Um, is anybody else use Zen UI or any of, uh, of the other kits? I, I raise your hand, maybe. Um, I use Zen. I'm going to be getting um, Kelvin. Which and, finger was that, Yasin? Yes. <laughs> I definitely did all of them. <laughs> no particular order. I've never done one of them on its own. <laughs> and uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. He just released a, a preview of an, another one called Tagger, which looks awesome, which I'll definitely be getting. But um, so I'm going to, like, did everybody jump into the question? But Adam, first of all, where do you get. Um, not just the time, but sort of the inspiration for this. It feels to me like you've got a notepad next to your computer while you work in Modo and you keep a list of things that could be better. Something along those. That's what it feels like to me because when you use Zen and you look at Tagger especially, I see all these things I've been sort of like asking for, having the back of my head for oh, years now um, because it's, it's a type of thing when a developer creates something, it's not, they're not necessarily doing that work 10 hours a day. They're creating a feature, but they're not necessarily doing that work. And, and your stuff looks like it's done by somebody who does this work 10 hours a day. It has sort yeah. of shortcuts and, and design aspect of it. So tell us how you sort of create this stuff, I guess. Well, so, so um, I'm an industrial designer, and, and so I design stuff, and I teach people to design stuff, and I make websites about designing stuff, and, and I write software that helps people design stuff. Um, and so it's all kind of around that, and so I kind of have a myopic view of the world, like, <laughs> I guess I... I uh, and so that probably helps. I mean, I I think when I think about uh, when I use Moto, um, which I have been since I guess I started in 301 or something, um, I pretty much, if, at, in, when I started Moto in 301, I hated it. I could, I could not stand that software. It crashed 
all the time. And it, <laughs> I just wanted to kill somebody every time I use this piece of software. Because I come from the CAD world where, you know, you're using, this, you know, whatever. I, I used NX and Katia and SolidWorks and Alias. All of these big, you know, at, at the time, $20,000, $30,000, $50,000 a seat packages with hundreds of developers working full time. And what people don't realize about CAD versus these little DCC apps, I say little because like a, something like Moto can be built by a dozen people over the course of a few years. Whereas something like, like Katia is built by literally hundreds of people over the course of decades. It's the, 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 the scale is completely different. Yeah, I, I was and, shocked at how big the CAD world was when I went to SolidWorks world the first time. It was, it was bigger than Macworld. It was bigger, it was as big as SIGGRAPH, but for one program. It's a right. huge world. Well, auto, if you look at Autodesk's, uh, Autodesk actually publishes, of course, because they're a public company, they publish where, where most of their revenue comes from. Something like 30% of their revenue has anything to do with the stuff you know them for. That is my Max um, VFX related stuff. Um, the other seventy percent is CAD, um, and that is that is the the quote unquote boring stuff. But that's where the real money is. Anyway, that, um, I come from that world where where software is expected to be stable. You just you buy a product and it just works off the shelf. You don't have to ha be a technical director that can kind of get into the nitty gritty and write all of your scripts to make things work. Things just are meant to work the way that they do. They can have all kinds of annoying things about them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm just saying it was a different expectation when I got into Moto and suddenly you have to roll your own for literally everything that you want. If you want a tool to behave a certain way, you're going to have to dive into the tool pipe and save something and get into an XML file and blah, blah, blah. But uh, anyway, yeah, that, I mean, so that's how it started. It was just like, it was just in Moto 301, just hacking my way through it because my boss told me I had to. And then I kind of got hooked on it gradually. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know what you're talking about, but we're all you know who I'm talking about exactly. I I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, leave me out of this. Um, <laughs> um, and then and but I fun fact I used to work with his boss at the time. <laughs> then I got introduced into Adam. That was the first time I think. Were you fresh yeah. out of college at that point? I had actually had um, that was oh, my that was my job. second corporate job. Yeah, I'm. Uh. I, I'd spent a couple of years at Black and Decker designing power tools, and then I went. Yeah, you and def it definitely felt like you didn't did not want to be there at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the mo yeah, with Moto, yeah, I want yeah. I, the job was fine, but the, but yeah, Moto, yeah. I was was not my cup of tea. It's gotten better. It's changed a lot. You know, at this point, like with Moto ten point two, I'm sitting here doing stuff for for a big big ad campaign in the moment, and everything is going great. Like it almost never crashes on me. Part of that is because I know what I'm doing and I know how to avoid the parts that are going to crash. Um, part of that is, is that, uh, but, but a big part of that is that Moto's just gotten so, so much better. So I don't want to, I don't want to go too long in this conversation saying all this negative stuff. I mean, Moto 10.2 is a fantastic product and I think it's up there with anything else. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I guess I've been using it a long time, using it eight years or something plus. Yeah. Um, so. So so Yasin, you do some design work as well, and one of the things I've noticed um, on the latest version of Zen, and if you haven't used Zen, head over to Mechanicolor. There's some good videos for it. There's, pro there's probably a couple on Pixel Fun do as well. Uh, but there's a new way to work, and it's not just a new layout, which I actually don't really use that much. I use a couple of keyboard shortcuts that um, bring up some palettes that Adam created that have everything you need, and there's there really a lot of thought put into it. And it's really similar to the original Moto 101, 201, 301, where 
Um, it was a smaller program. They had uh, a little more focus, and there was just you could just see a lot of thought. You know, things like double clicking for an edge loop. That's all started with Modo, right? A lot of thought right. put into this stuff. Um, and with the V key and the G key and Zen, they bring up these palettes. They've now made them context sensitive. So whether you're in polygon mode, uh, point you know, point mode, edge mode, by mode, you get different things. And Yasin, you've you know had some thoughts about that in the past. Are you happy to see that? Is that something you'd like to see in Moto in the future? Or is um, now that you don't work at the foundry, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> can I though? That's the question. <laughs> can I really say what I want? Or I you mean, can you can always say no comment. But I guess like, do you, you know think what? that's an I'll, interesting way I'll to be, go? I'll be I'll be I'll be a little bit, a little bit open about this. Um, a while back, we had contacted Adam because we wanted to collaborate on doing something about some of these things. Um, the nice thing about when you do talk to somebody like Adam and work with him is that there's a lot of ideas, a lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of wonderful collaborations that can come out of it. Unfortunately, I don't think we can code fa as fast as the ideas come out. Um, Certain things made it into the system from a Moto structural 10 Moto 10.2 brought in a lot of stuff that we built, Yazan and I built together. So uh, uh, me yeah. and Yazan and Mark Brown all worked super closely for about a year. Yeah. And we did, but a lot we of did it was a, under the hood, and I think what Adam has yeah. done is kind of flushed it out. And I think that, it, it, honestly, it is, to me, it was always the natural progression for where Moto needs to be in kind of the same way that you're talking about how when it first started, it needs to get there for it to really evolve. I would really hate for it not to grab what Adam has done and really put it as a part of the native app in the future. I think it's the right way to go. I think the apps really haven't evolved, not just Moto in itself, but a lot of the other apps as well need to go in that direction um, because I just think we're there. Like our technology should be able to support where we are. And I think a lot of them are just haven't caught up yet. Um, the idea I I would want to keep this pretty, I mean, I, I think of this as a super upbeat thing. I'm excited about it. Obviously, I've been doing a lot of stuff lately. I think I just had a lull and some, I said some projects unexpectedly kind of cut off for a little while, so I had some time. And I, I have, I do, you mentioned early on in this conversation, do I keep a notepad next to me? I, I sort of, I don't really, but I sort of do. If I, if I have an idea for something, I'll make myself a note in GitHub or something. Uh, or uh, if it's a to-do on another, on another plugin that already exists, or if it's a new yeah. one. The, the, different, the difference between me and Adam is Adam can actually go and code these things. I've just got a list. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got a list this long. Please make this. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing is, Moto is like, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been like head down in Moto for so long. I can't make good comparison statements. But based on my knowledge uh, from the CAD world and what little I've done in Lightwave and and Max and whatever, is that Mo Moto is incredibly uh, customizable. It's one of the most customizable pieces of software I've ever seen. And it's not just that they give you like a lot of tools for customizing things, which they actually don't, like dragging and dropping icons on your screen. Most programs have that. You don't have that in Moto. And yet, somehow Moto is customizable. Well, actually, it is. It's way more powerful than drag and drop tools around your screen. It gives you unbelievable control to make this program into whatever you want it to be, which is a really, as you learn about how it works, it's, um, it's a really frustratingly difficult thing to learn how to do, but you can do a heck of a lot with it. And that's been, that's been what I've, what I've been yeah. learning to go through this. And, I, and I, I think what's nice about this is that, yeah, for like somebody like Adam who can go in and navigate and frustrate the hell out of himself, 
but to get it to that <laughs> point where then everybody else can really just reap the benefits, I think that's where his tools really, be, you know, it's worth the while because he's put in that effort for everybody else not to have to put in that effort. And I think that just makes it really valuable um, for a lot of the tools that he's built. And I think one of the things that I've noticed that when I did work with Adam, his mind is, gosh, what's the what's the best way to put this without sounding negative in any way? But he he's not. <laughs> He's not, he's not as forgiving as VFX people. Uh, and to me, that's a good thing because Demanding. I think Demanding. I'm a, I yeah, can maybe that's what it is. I think VFX <laughs> artists generally are more forgiving with their software. Like I'm willing to go and put up with some frustration to get what I want. I think the people that come in from design are a bit more like, no, this really should work this way and I'm not going to put up with that. And I think that's a good thing because I do, I do think that eventually the, the artists from VFX will appreciate the effort and the polish that's on top that they don't have to like. Why should you like? Right, I'm gonna go off on. Uh, All right, tangent. I'm gonna cut you off before you go on the tangent. <laughs> but, but no, but basically, when you when you render out like your passes, for example, and then you have to reestablish your passes as a VFX artist every single time in your compositing application, like why do you have to do that every single time? Why isn't it a single button and you get it? I mean, it just boggles the mind for somebody that comes from design and says. Are you like that's not that's not really are you serious about this? No, that's not good. Like, no, I'm gonna go with scripted. I think Adam has the the odd flexibility of being a, a kind of a unicorn where he has a technical knowledge, he can code it, but he also has the understanding of how this thing should this is, work. This is getting uncomfortable. It, I mean, it's <laughs> look, guys, I, I'm making some. No, no, I'm, I'm I'm just I mean, I'm just expecting that the next round or episode two, you just do that for me. We're totally good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. Well, I I totally I will definitely talk about the unicorn status of everybody in this in this uh, very non-diverse group. I, I want to throw that in there. We we need to work on diversity, guys. We We're trying. Problem. It is hard. Let me diversity. tell you, we are trying to work I, on diversity. I, this whole <laughs> industry. Is, it's difficult. So well, listen to me. Really As is. you're saying this, if you do not look like one of the people on this, on this, <laughs> contact me, Greg and Mexifondu, and we will get you set up because we are looking for diversity. Do you have a binder full of women by any chance? I don't any have a binder. I don't, I don't have a leaf. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> That's terrible. I'm not even going to laugh at that anymore. So uh, I, I think uh, basically um, uh, go to mechanicalcolor.com and spend all your money. There that's, you go. That's, that's what I'm – no, no seriously, seriously though, like I, the thing is I'm making these plugins that are things that I want. Um, there's, there's stuff that I make because I want to have them, and I roll things tight because that's what I like. That's how I like things to be. And when I do it, um, I've been as I learn how this stuff works, I just learn more and more, and I see more and more opportunities because I know how to do things now. So the the more stuff I fight my way through and finally figure out how to make the IP, API do this or that thing, then suddenly I'm open to do a lot more of the ideas that I've had in the past that I could never even imagine being able to figure out. So and and I try to do things in a way I, because I worked with the Foundry really closely, and I work with Joe and Mark. I know how you're supposed to code things for Moto, and I know how to set things up in a way that's localizable and all that kind of stuff to make things, you know, pretty tight. So, it's it's been fun to learn. But essentially, my my approach is this: I I um, my goal is not to sell a gazillion of these things. My goal is to sell, you know, fifty or a hundred of them to people that really care, rather than sell thousands and thousands to people who don't. Um, and then to do that with uh, with products that. I'm proud of and that I want to use, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time um, fighting with people about this or that thing. Or I, if you don't like the product, I just give people their money back. That's just I just just like if, if people are bugging me too much about stuff <laughs> that they don't like it, I'm like, look, have your money back. I don't care. 
yeah. I, I don't, I can't, I can't deal with it. So, well, so I don't want to be a software company. I just want to make cool tools that I want to use and then have other people contribute to them by telling me how to make them better. So I don't, I don't, I don't get how you can have all this polish and yet whatever that thing is in the background in your studio Which one? does not tile properly. How the hell is that not tile properly? What are you talking that, about? The uh, I think what is it like a uh, the background wallpaper or sp or like foam or whatever is that oh, pattern that looks oh, like that, the yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> not tiling has bothered me ever since call started and I don't I don't That's know wrong. how it's not, well, I can't you know, I don't manufacture the acoustic foam um, I just ordered just it on Amazon Adam, I would expect a feature request to go in directly to their headquarters. Yes. So yeah. along along these lines, uh, William, you William, dude, this, you, wait, wait, let me ahead. introduce William for a second because because you, you everybody's been making a big deal about how I've had all this energy, but every day I wake up and I look at whatever William has done overnight while I've been sleeping, and I just feel demoralized and don't understand how I don't I don't think he's actually human. You know, inadequate, inadequate's the word we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I mean. For everything people have been saying about me, William's the real deal. Well, William, it's it's a really broad spectrum of content you're putting up. You're putting up interviews, you're putting up tutorials, you're putting up uh, rigs and, and moto content. You're also working on some specialized scripts and things that it looks like you create them for your character modeling work, if I'm not wrong. Tell us a little bit about just how you get all this stuff done. Uh, it, it's kind of not really by choice, because if I, if I don't do it, it, it eats at me. Um, so... What I do is I, I keep a list. Um, I've got the like the virtual notepads on my desktop, and every time I knock something off, I'm putting like four or five things on, uh, so I can't ever seem to get the list down. It's it's just one of those things, but the but the list actually helps me because what happens is, um, uh, and and I think my neighbor has decided to start uh, mowing his yard, which is interesting. We can um, hear. So okay, good. So um so. One of the things that used to happen is I would I would have these ideas. This is like maybe 15 years ago, and I have these ideas of things that I want to do, but uh, but when I had the free time, I would forget what they were. And so now what I do is I, I I'm just like I I'm looking at the list right now. I've got um, several things under the interview list, so I've got some interview questions out to people. I've got some interview uh, time scheduled, and then I've got some interviews that. Um, just need to be edited and, and formatted. But then I, I put out a video uh, this morning, but I've got eight video ideas on my um, on my list. And then by the end of the day, I'll, I'll probably have two or three more listed on there. And That's so what true. I do is that when I, when, when I have a free moment, um, I don't have to think about, okay, what am I gonna do, which could eat up time. I just pick something on the list and, and I do it. But do you so. find that those lists are actually prioritized correctly? Because for me, it's just becomes whatever's at the top of the list. So i.e. whatever I thought of most recently, rather than, <laughs> rather than my, uh, whatever is, is actually most important. Uh, I think I'm a little lazier because my mine is, what do I have time to do? If I look at something on the list and I go, yeah, I want to do that, but I only have 15 minutes, I pick something that I think I can get done in 15 minutes. Um, and then the other thing that really helps, um, and I, I've been preaching to a lot of people about it because I, 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 I just strongly believe in it, is man, I started running a few years ago, and I get so much done away from the computer on my runs. So I, when I go for a run, um, I have nothing but time to think. And so uh, I talk about it in, in uh, the modeling book I wrote, where I'll model in my head before I actually model something. 
So when I sit down to model something, I've already done it. I just have to kind of go through the steps. And the same thing goes with like writing articles or, or doing videos or doing any of that stuff. When I go on a run, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do so that when I get back to do it, I just don't, I don't have any questions about it. I just, I just have to do it. It's kind of just kind of going through the motions. Uh, William, William's an ultra marathoner. William's an ultra marathoner. And if you, if you do any marathon running or further then then you'll understand like he, I, I've done the same thing and I run, most of us who do that kind of running don't wear any headphones or anything like that. Um, I assume William probably doesn't. Um, do you, do you listen to any music or anything when you're running? Uh, I, I actually multitask. I, um, I, I'm listening to a book. So I'm always oh, really? listening okay. to a okay. book when I run, but he's, I can't, he's I can't to help a book. But... He's doing emails. He's rigging it <laughs> at the same time. He's also scripting in the background. He's got, you know, right. He's taking well, notes as he's running. He's autographing for people on the side. I mean, I'm it's, it's awesome. I, I just try and be in as, as efficient with my time as possible. Uh, my, my wife was making fun of me one day because when I first started learning how to, um, to code in Python, I was carrying around my Python book. <laughs> and any free moment I had, I would read a portion of the book. And and uh, and uh, she said, you know, you can take a break. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, I'm I'm taking a break. Nothing's going on. I got five minutes. I can get I can get five minutes of uh, you know time in on the book. So I think it's really just about taking it's advantage of man. the, the time. <laughs> I can. That, that's probably why it's demoralizing when I, when you do wake up. Like Adam was saying, like, I wake up and I see like there's two or three videos coming out from. William, I'm like, I give up for the day. I'm, I'm good. He's got it all covered. Okay. But he'll teach, he'll teach them what they need to know. Okay, but in fairness, guys, I'm doing 60 seconds. Well, I mean, it takes longer to make than 60 seconds. Yeah, but there's 60 second videos. Those are great, though. Those I, are I love the 60 do. second videos. Those are awesome, and they're super hard to do because you have to do put a lot of thought into that to get the right. to get the, the exact correct content in there. It's like I, a little, I, little haiku there. You I, got everything. So you know, someone someone mentioned that online as well. Um, but the I, I am cheating. Uh, I'm going to give away a, a little uh, cheat that I'm doing. Uh, I I am trimming a little bit off of the uh, Pixel Fondue intro from time to time. Just uh -oh. just just fraction. Greg is around, William. better keep looking good. Yeah, and I and I keep I keep trimming off the uh, the end as well. So sometimes the uh, the tire screeches are are longer than uh, than others, but it that it is a little bit of a challenge on some of them to to keep them in that time. But I also I I like the idea of the the sixty seconds. It, I love it actually wasn't. It really wasn't my uh, my idea. Um, a friend of mine, Ron Thornton, a few years ago said, "Hey, William, I like these videos that you're putting out, but I just don't have time for them. Can you make like one and two minute videos?" And uh, and at the time, I I you know I just I was kind of just doing the videos the way I was doing them. And when I knew I wanted to start making new videos, I, I went back to that idea of, well, everybody's got a minute. Like everybody has a minute that they can they could take every day and um, and even if they just learn a little little nugget, and I do think that there's a place for the longer videos where you're you're stepping through everything in great detail. But what I usually do when I see a video is um, I click through it. I don't watch like a 20 minute video. I just don't have time. Oh yeah. So what I do is I just go click 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 click, and I, I kind of hit the high high points. And that's kind of how I look at these: is that I'm trying to get as much information as I can in them, but I'm really just. You know, I don't need to teach you what the bevel tool does. I just need to say, use the bevel tool here. 
There, um, there's different ways people watch videos. Sometimes you're in the middle of a project, it's due in three hours, you can't figure something out. So you jump on YouTube, like how do you how do you track the camera in After Effects again? How do you do that? You, yep. you check it real quick, you click through, you look the 60 second, you're looking for something short. Now what I've noticed is, is since I've gotten a 60 inch 4K screen at home, I tend to watch YouTube on the couch with a beer and, and people are starting to watch that way too. And so that way, the longer sort of things like this, this show right now is something people might kick back and watch with a beer or some sort of somebody messing around with Octane render for a half an hour, just kind of see how it works. Um, but yeah, I think there's places for both of them. I'd like to try some of the shorter videos as well. You know, I'm looking at uh, some of the analytics, Ed, your videos are very popular, the Mesh Fusion ones. And oh, yeah. you could probably benefit for some short, like 60 second, quick, how to do a quick trim, how to do a quick, uh, you know, are you thinking about doing oh, yeah. anything like that? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. And have yeah, you, I'm, shooting for the, right? I'm shooting for the six second Vine video. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Learn Moto by Vine. If, if, if only Vine were still with us. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I never got into Vine. <laughs> I have enough things to waste my time with. That's why it's um, dead. So, right? so speaking of time, I, this is the type of thing where you I can. think we are shooting for a half hour, I think around 45 minutes. Do you want to keep going for a few minutes, or should we just... You know, my experience with these things, I, I did a podcast for many years. We did over 100 episodes and, um, and had all kinds of people on. It was, it was a really fun experience. And what we found consistently when we polled all of our listeners was that um, no matter how long the show was, they always thought it should be longer. Um, and that, that blew me away, because from the very beginning, I was like, let's get this done, let's get in and out. We want people to, you know, people only want a 10-minute show or whatever, they don't have any time. Turns out people put it on their headphones and they just kind of do their work while they listen. And uh, <laughs> and right. I actually do the same thing. So, you know, I'm not saying that we have to do that. I'm just saying, like, generally, people. I don't think we're going to be bothering anybody if we... If well, we Alex it. stayed up late in Germany and we haven't heard a lot from him. So I want to jump back to Alex here. And tell us, can you tell us about some current projects that you're working on or some past projects you won't get um, disappeared for if you talk about? <laughs> well, at the moment, I'm uh, working on a on a cat project, so I'm I'm hammering pretty heavy on Adam's uh, kits and letting him know where they fail. And, actually, uh, actually, Alex what, what is uh, he's not a normal customer. Just so you know, he doesn't go through the Gumroad thing. He's just got he's directly invited to the GitHub projects so that he can <laughs> so he can just get the direct source code and see all of the updates, which is pretty useful. So. You know, I do a lot of CAD rendering at Sabretooth, a lot of product rendering, and there's certain stages to rendering a CAD file. You have to get the data in, you have to, what I call prepping, um, where you have to maybe consolidate a bunch of mesh items or change static meshes to meshes or deal with replicators. And you have to deal with tagging. That's a huge amount of work there. And, you know, what sorts of plugins or kits from Adam are you using? a lot of in terms of dealing with and prepping this CAD geometry. Only ones from me, by the way. Don't list anybody else's kids. <laughs> well, apart from mine, of course. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've, been, I've been leaning pretty heavily on Kaga the last few days, which Tagger. is just a godsend for right. applying materials, cleaning up part tags and, and all that stuff, especially the a, a, a dynamic updating list of all the materials in the scene. Uh, so it's just a one one click apply uh, for every material that's in, in the scene, and it sorts it by recent 
so this is starting to sound like a commercial, like a commercial, like an infomercial for Tagger. Like this whole thing is really a surreptitious <laughs> way. Hey man, just I've been talking about Tagger for Tagger but for I'm telling eight you what, years. Me too. <laughs> me too. That's exactly the thing. If even if you, if even if I weren't getting money from people like buying this plugin, like I would still want them to buy it because it just makes Moto like not suck so much. I wait, it's a terrible thing to say. I'm just too, I mean it makes it it makes it so much easier. So many things there are so many things in Tagger that I have wanted to do for so many years and didn't know how to do before and have kind of gradually built up enough knowledge to where I could put this together. And even now that I finally released it, of course there are more things that I want to put in it. Um, but uh, at some point you got to ship well, I guess. Well CAD but. CAD rendering and working with CAD files is a very fertile ground for Moto. I think it's a great niche for Moto and it's a fantastic platform for rendering. You can use as great built-in renderer, you can use Octane, you can use Maxwell, you can use V-Ray now. And I think initially um, you know the people who created Moto really came from the VFX world and yeah. it's a lot different than the CAD world and the workflow is very different and you know, they started getting their feet wet with CAD when they were had the render license by SolidWorks a number of years ago. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot to be learned from the CAD world that hasn't quite migrated over to Moto yet. And you need people like like Adam who have their feet in both worlds to do that. And for instance, again, going with Tagger, when you when you bring in CAD geometry into Moto, and a lot of people who use CAD software aren't necessarily Moto experts. They've heard it was a good program for rendering, maybe doing some short animations, some things that maybe Keyshot can't do. And so they're just trying to um, learn the least, you know, the, as much about Moto as they can to get their work done. And right. some of the things you don't realize is when you bring in something like a file from SolidWorks, a lot of data there is, is contained in polygon tags. You have access to bodies and parts and things like that in the CAD assembly as polygon tags, but you don't know they're there unless you really know Moto. And even if you know Moto, if you dig into the info and statistics panel, it's just a whole big nasty list right. of stuff. Um, so it's not very useful. Exactly. So I've been asking for like a, a PTAG spreadsheet editor or something for years. And I think, and, and so that's why I was excited when I saw uh, the Tiger program. But I think this is one of the things we can um, continue to talk about in Pixel Fondue because I really think, you know, it, VFX is a small space, is extremely competitive, and, and Moto's up against a, some pretty heavy players there. But um, CAD rendering, product rendering, and being a companion app, there's a good niche there for this program. And I think Pixel Fondue can help um, not, not just promote that, but, but be a great resource for people who are uh, trying to use Moto, just trying to get work done and are using Moto as, as, a, as a tool um, just to do some CAD rendering and some simple animation. Well, there are persons in this in this very chat who will uh, start to roll their eyes when I start this this little sermon. But but I mean, if but if you <laughs> I roll my head if you if you look at if you look at uh, at Keyshot, it costs over twice as much as a seat of Moto, yeah. and it doesn't do anything close to what Moto can and do. And they're selling a ton of and, them. And they sell way more of them than Moto. There, this the user base for Keyshot is bigger than Moto. It's twice as expensive and doesn't do half as much. Yeah. Um, and, and they're great guys, by the way. It's uh, you a know, great. My business partner is marketing manager for Keyshot. Okay, so I, <laughs> I, uh, I tied in with. That. I love those guys. They're great. They make a fantastic product. The reason why they win is because their product. You take your CAD geometry, you open it, you drag some materials on it. It looks great. Um, and in Moto, you need to be some kind of unicorn ninja to figure it out. And and I think we have to we have to fix that. So there's no reason that this can't be done in Moto as well. And they've gotten their feet wet with it. They've started, made some efforts in that direction. But I think um, a lot of this, I think, will be community driven. I think Pixel Fondue is a good place to sort of push that forward. 
Ed, I think maybe doing some uh, mesh fusion. I've used mesh fusion with cat files before because often, as you guys know, if you get cat files from a client, it, they're not always 100% correct, or there's a small update later on. I'll have, I'll maybe doing do some audio equipment or something like that, and they'll switch out a port. And instead of waiting for uh, an updated file from the vendor, which can be, you know, it's difficult sometimes to go through three or four different levels of people in an email to get the right. It's not like getting a JPEG, right? Getting a or a ping. Getting a CAD file can be a bit of an experience. And so I've used Mesh Fusion to quickly update things like creating a new like USB port or something like that on, on a piece of equipment. Um, so I, yeah, I think, especially in 10.2, uh, Mesh Fusion handles uh, n-gons and triangles a whole lot better. Um, so if you get you know CAD uh, geometry that's not perfect, it doesn't have to be anymore with Mesh Wait Fusion. Wait a minute, you can use Mesh Fusion on a, on CAD stuff? Well, I haven't tried it, but it's better with no, guaranteed. So what I would suggest maybe is go over to GrabCAD, grab a CAD file, bring it into Moto, and show how you can maybe update a component with Mesh Fusion without having you could do something in five minutes. You instead can use, of, use Auto Retopo first. If you do that, then maybe. so yeah. there's some there's some tools in Moto you can use that aren't going to involve you. Um, going back to your client and asking for new files because there's a certain as you know, as you, many of you know you have about three or four opportunities before you piss off your client if you keep going back to them asking for certain files or going back to the designer. Um, so the more you can do on your own using uh, Mesh Fusion or Autoretopo something like that to move the project along without having to constantly uh, bug your client for new stuff or updated stuff, the better it is. The better the relationship is. Would you agree? Raise your hands. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, so that's a lot of CAD stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about just jumping over back to William's sort of area. William, you do. I know you're you're working not just with. You're well known for your characters. That's what your, um, you know, that's what your your posts on the galleries and the community are about. But you said you're working in New Balance, and when you think of CAD, you think of like a new blender or a mouse or something like that, some sort of hard surface object. But you're creating shoes over there. You just, I, mean, I don't know if you, how much you could talk about this, but is Moto really just a concept tool? Or are you actually creating parts that are eventually manufactured? Uh, right now, it's just for concept. It's just working with the designers and um, and taking their their 2D designs and, and building them in 3D. So they have, you know, 3D visualization of the, the shoes that they're designing. So I noticed you're using one of the new 10, 10 1, 10, 2 features, which is the UV transform mesh operation. Absolutely. Uh, create designs on the shoe. Uh, have you done a Vaughn in 60 seconds on that yet? Um, well, Maybe not necessarily showing. 380 seconds? Might be a longer. Well, not showing a uh, shoe, but um, showing the 2D faces, which is the same process. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, so taking curves. That was the coolest using, one, too. I, I, I loved it. I got excited just because, of course, I'm a character guy. And um, over the years, I've worked on several projects where we had to do 2D faces on three-dimensional characters. And we, you know, in some of the ways that we did it, uh, we, um, on the Batman uh, New Times, which was kind of like the Lego uh, short film that we did with uh, Adam West and Dick Van Dyke and Mark Hamill, um, we, um, we did all of the, um, the faces in Lightwave using um, uh, curves and then freezing them to geometry. <laughs> and then we morphed them and we, you know, animated all the faces. We had to render them out and then map the image sequences back onto the characters. So if you made a change, uh, well, it was you had to go through that whole process. But also, if you're animating a character and the character you know, looks over here, you have to match up what you're doing in a completely different scene. And, uh, and then another project, uh, we did a few, a few like that. And then I worked, uh, when I was in New York, I worked on a project where all the faces were uh, animated in Flash. 
um, and then rendered out and then mapped on. And the beauty of this setup using um, the, the procedural tools is that you can uh, you can still work with two-dimensional shapes in, in Moto, but you're able to rig it and animate it uh, you know, in the scene that you're animating the body. So it's all happening in real time. So it makes it much easier to, you know, to, to drive the facial animation to work with the, you know, with the, the body. So it's using really the cool. same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's freedom. And then what, what made it even better was when they introduced, um, uh, I think it was in 10.2, 10.1, 10 10.2, they introduced um, the uh, drill and Boolean tools into the procedural stack. And so that's what I was using in the, in that um, facial, uh, in the 2D um, face setup uh, in the, in the Vaughn in 60 seconds video, not only to just map the face on, but when the eyes go and look outside of the white of the eye, it's getting trimmed in real time with, um, uh, with the drill, with the procedural drill. And that to me was a, a, a big game changer with how, I mean, the, the tools were already powerful. I mean, I, I felt like they, um, they, they made the, um, the, the curve fill and then the UV transform for uh, modeling shoes because it's so perfect for it. <laughs> but, um, but then when, uh, I think when that they, might be true, that might, when, be true. That might actually yeah. be true. Yeah. When, uh, when they introduced the, um, the drill tools into the stack that, that made it um, so much more useful for the character work that I do. And, and so now I'm, I'm, I'm busy trying to convince uh, my, my clients that I do character works for, work for to, to do some characters that have 2d faces just because I'm, I'm dying to do another project using these tools that I, I never had before. Yeah, I'd like to see that. And uh, Yasin, you use a program called Marvelous Designer, which I've always been sort of tantalized by as a, as a fabric and clothing system. And I think maybe it's James Darknell, somebody had mentioned they have an act, besides your standard OBJ FBX exports, they've got an LXO export in Marvelous. Now, is this or some sort of Foundry Ninja over there helping out, or what's going on with Marvelous? And how does that work with Moto? Uh, when we were working, when I was working at the Foundry, I think one of the part, um, similar to kind of SOLIDWORKS and how some of these things are uh, um, licensed to other companies. We basically licensed uh, the motor renderer to Clo3D, which basically are the company that owns uh, Marvelous Designer, as well as their CAD-level uh, uh, product, which is Clo3D. I think they have Clo Enterprise and I think now Clo Atelier Super or something cool like that. Super cool product, by the way. Yeah, and um, they basically licensed the uh, the rendering engine inside of that. And uh, what's cool about that is that it allows you to export out an LXO file, which is basically how they're setting up. Because basically, in, from their perspective, they're grabbing their simulation um, mesh and then cleaning it up and putting it with uh, with the material library that's based on the same principles as Moto, and then exporting that out as an LXO file with all the shaders. Because that's exactly how the rendering engine inside of it, which is basically Preview, um, running. A, 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 inside of uh, Clo, I don't think it's in Marvelous Designer, but I think it still exports the LXO file regardless. Um, they're awesome. I've worked with them for a while now. We just finished up, um, we finished up a while ago, but we just published some of the Under Armour work we did with them. And uh, we used Marvelous Designer, we used also Clo, their, their kind of next uh, step up if you're using CAD data with that. And uh, what I think what makes them unique is there are other players out there. There's vStitcher and Optitex, and they're great products. Uh, but I think the the Clo and Marvelous Designer ones are a bit more a bit geared a bit more towards the designers themselves. It's a bit easier to use. You get uh, results that are good looking out of the box and without too much fiddling. Um, 
and I think that ease, ease of use and intuitiveness really make it an appealing product to use. Um, Marvel Designer, I think, came out and it was it wasn't a big hit in the fashion industry as much as it was in games, because <laughs> you're you're creating games, sculpting and like, modeling fabrics is just that's not. I'm not saying it's not amazing when you do it, but it's just not the funnest thing to do. Um, and it kind of solved that problem pretty quickly with now clothes kind of being picked up more and more in the fashion um, world and that, oh my God, we can visualize these designs and we have a pattern to work with. And it, what's funny about it, I think, from, a, from the perspective of somebody coming in from a DC app like Moto or Maya is that we model, then we UV. And this is almost like you UV and then you simulate the model, um, which is exactly how a tailor would do it or a seamstress um, um, would do it, but not how a modeler would do it. Are we going to see kind of some marvelous designer tutorials on Pixel Fondue? I uh, we have one in the works. I think we just, I just have to sit down and edit it. It's been recorded. Unlike William, I don't run. Therefore, I don't have that luxury time of working on when I'm not working. <laughs> um, nor can I edit while I'm running, uh, unfortunately. But no, we, we do have it in, in place. So hopefully, we'll have it done. And we've got some good ideas in terms of what we can do on that. And I and I think once people will start using it more and more, it'll 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 open up that. Um, it's such the a use of simulation for for improvement. Yeah, really, and you don't. Really and it's not just for creating uh, just apparel. Um, I've seen people use it obviously to dress up any architectural thing. If you're doing curtains or bed sheets, or I mean, you'll, there's tons of those like bed crinkled up pillows and bed sheets, and and that's it's a perfect program for these kinds of things. Um, but it's we've used it on things like shoes and leather for you know on your headset and all kinds of things to get kind of the results that you're looking for. Um, so along those, along those lines, we're always looking for new contributors of Pixel Fondue. So if you <laughs> use, for instance, Substance Designer. And if you have the last Painter, name Malkosh and happen to Malkosh. not be male, and yeah. <laughs> um, you, could do, you could totally participate in conversations like these. No, actually, actually, Didi Malkosh, we did a, an interview with her um, on, uh, on a recent podcast that we have not we interviewed her like three weeks ago, and I still have not gotten this thing out. That's it, terrible. But um, but anyway, we did a we did a post about Chloe on Solid Smack recently, and um, and that was mainly just to kind of make a promise that we would eventually release this podcast. Anyway, Didi is is amazing, and she will she talks a lot about uh, about this stuff and using it specifically at at uh, Adidas as well. So. So I'm going to, I am looking here, we have 34 viewers. So apparently the uh, tweet must have gone out. So for you guys watching, I appreciate you coming. We did not give any, uh, if you missed the beginning, which you probably did, we didn't give any uh, prior warning on this. We're just trying to figure this out for the first time, the live broadcast. The next time we're gonna promote it a little bit better and that will purposely promote it and instead of purposely hide it. And, uh, but we'll put this up for viewing later. Um, we're at an hour now, and I know some of us, uh, probably all of us, have some actual work to do. So William's uh, got to go run. I mean, we already know that. Alex has to nap. Ed's got another uh, Supergirl episode filming. That's right. Um, so I think I think uh, so. Maybe we'll call this quits here. Apologies to the 35 people who just jumped on. We will um, get this up next time. But I think this is a good start. Um, we will next time. We'll you know we'll get on the forums. Maybe we will take some requests for topics. Like I said, we may be uh, application specific, like V-Ray or Octane or rendering specific. We may do industry specific, like gaming. I'd like to do some gaming stuff. Um, but you know, this is just a, a, a brand new community for Moto users and 3D users in general. And uh, we're just getting the ball rolling. I think we're off to a good start. So thanks for jumping in uh, today, guys. Uh, anything else before we sign off? 
And thanks to Greg for uh, putting it together. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you know, I was going to mention, a lot of people wonder where Brad uh, Peebler is. He's been sort of uh, incognito, and he has, uh, he's in a very um, fortunate circumstance where he's able to spend some time with his kids now. He's working on this uh, Heirs to the Oceans project. Uh, Yasna and I texted him yesterday. We hadn't heard from him for a bit. I think he's literally in some, like, small South Pacific <laughs> island, like, working on oceans. In a submarine. <laughs> in a submarine. And, and so he will, Brad will eventually make his way back. But, you know, the guy's got a well-deserved rest, so... That's where he is. So, all right, guys, thanks a lot for jumping in, uh, contributing. We'll see you guys on the forums. We'll see you over at Pixel Fondue, and we'll maybe check on one of these in January. What do you say? Yep, so good. good. Speaking all of right. the 80s. All right. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> I want that. All right. All right. All right. We have will uh, check you later. Have a good one. Uh, happy holidays. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.